Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a comment and star rating on iTunes, never missing one single episode. Get the entire archive of shows there. Thank you very much, everybody that does that, especially friends of the show. And Rock Strikes 10 is back after a, you know, a two-week hiatus. I think I deserved a two-week hiatus after doing 21 shows in 21 days, but I actually wasn't even intending on taking the rest of June off, honestly. Uh, but I uh, had some health issues, but uh, the, the good news is I'm better and ready to do a show for you once again. And good timing, too, because this month, in July of 2014... This is going to be the 25th anniversary of an album that was released on July 25th, 1989. And I bought it on cassette, a green cassette, the week it came out. Uh, because uh, I, was buy I had enough money to buy one tape for my family vacation that uh, summer. And it just happened to be this, the uh, full-length sophomore album by the Beastie Boys called Paul's Boutique. Uh, still remains in my top 10 favorite albums of all time. If I have a desert list, it's on it. Uh, it's it's an amazing record. Uh, it, it, it doesn't get old. I hear different things every time I listen to it. If you haven't heard the lore of Paul's Boutique, uh, go, go look up its page on Wikipedia. You're going to find a bunch of cool facts about it. You know, uh, Artists and critics alike love it. Uh, I love it unconditionally and have since the day it came out. Uh, it, you know, of course, I, I was still pretty young when I first heard it. I mean, I was 10 years old when I heard this album, and I I uh, loved Licensed to Ill, their first album. You know, the, the mixture of heavy metal and rap. I mean, that was perfect for an 80s kid growing up. Uh, the second album, Paul's Boutique, obviously way more experimental and it's just one of those growers. I liked it when I first heard it, but I didn't know what to think of it. Just for some reason, kept listening to it, and I listened to it, and I listened to it. And it's the only cassette that I ever broke the spool on, like the little thing that keeps it inside the jam box, the little, little windy thing, the hole in the middle. It actually wore off and uh, had to get a, another copy of it. Only that first pressing was green, but... Uh, you know, I still have it somewhere, that actual green cassette with the spool broken on it. That's how much I love this record. What can I say? And once again, for those of you who don't know anything about this record, and why am I talking about a, a rap album from the late 80s? Well, you know, if you're any kind of rock and roll fan, you obviously know enough about the Beastie Boys, uh, maybe to fill a greatest hits record up. And that's great. That's fine. Uh, this record is a must-own album. Not just for that, but if you consider yourself any kind of musicologist, uh, don't even go look it up on the internet. Just buy the album and listen to it. See how many songs you can find in it. Because, you know, 
I, I'm always very critical of people that uh, misuse samples in rap music and have been since day one, you know, like your Puff Daddies of the world or whatever the hell he's calling himself nowadays. Uh, they take a song, but they, they, they take the whole hook out and they make that the chorus of their song. And that's bullshit. That's just lazy. That's taking a proven hit and having another hit with it using the same hook. Paul's Boutique doesn't do that. It's true art. It's, it's the best case I can make of sampling being an art form. They took little bits, basically the Dust Brothers, who uh, wound up producing the album with the BC Boys. They were working with just basically a bunch of 70s vinyl that they had and loved and wanted to make something new out of it. And they created basically a band using bits from other songs that you wouldn't necessarily pick out right away. So they took a guitar from one song, a drum from one song, a bass line from another, and made a whole new sound with it. That, to me, is innovation. That's true art. So if you, if you don't have this album or if you've never heard it, you're doing yourself a disservice. You have to go listen to this album. But let's get to the music. The whole point I'm trying to make here is this show, this week on Rock Strikes 10, we're going to play songs that were used as samples on the Paul's Boutique record. And just to kind of handshake you in there, you know, I'm, I'm a rock and roll guy too. I'm not trying to hide from it. Uh, but I'm going to be your Paul's Boutique ambassador. For you rock guys, strictly rock guys, that wouldn't be caught dead buying a rap album, you should still have this record. And I'm going to give you 10 reasons why. First song I'm going to play for you here today was sampled on the opening full-length track, not the intro, but the first full track on Paul's Boutique. And much like on License to Ill, another Led Zeppelin drum beat, just like on Rhyming and Stealing where they use When the Levee Breaks, uh, for all the fills in between the choruses and the verses on Shake Your Rump, you'll hear fills from Led Zeppelin's Good Times, Bad Times. And that's great timing because, of course, as you might all know, the first wave of Zeppelin remasters have come through, so this is straight audio from that release that I purchased legitimately. Led Zeppelin 1, the first song on the first album, kicking off the Paul's Boutique tribute show. This is Led Zeppelin with Good Times, Bad Times. <laughs> Yeah. 
off today's show in the best way possible that was led zeppelin with good times bad times off of led zeppelin one of course the zeppelin catalog is law and you should have it uh, good a time as any to get on board if you haven't ever taken that journey before those first three are out on reissue the double discs or those really ridiculous hundred dollar plus vinyl sets whichever you prefer but go out and get them you got to get those I actually, uh, you know, purchasing pays off when you do it legitimately. There's a local record store around here, and they were giving away free Zeppelin lithograph album covers with the purchase. So I got all three of the first three. So hope they keep doing that as it goes on. So there's a uh, your your local independent record store might have some left. So go check it out. Yeah. All right. And keeping on with the Paul's Boutique theme here, moving all the way uh, to a song that was on the uh, B side of the record or cassette. Uh, a song called What Comes Around, which actually does kick off with the drum fill from Moby Dick, also by Led Zeppelin. Uh, but one of the main guitar riffs used throughout just as nice coloring into the song and fits it so perfectly. And honestly, this was the first time I heard that riff was on Paul's Boutique. Later on, I get the original. I'm like, oh, yeah, that riff, uh, because it's one of my favorite artists of all time, if not my favorite. Mr. Alice Cooper, of course, no stranger to Rock Strikes 10. Uh, this great riff off of the Lace and Whiskey album used on Paul's Boutique. This is Alice Cooper with It's Hot Tonight. <laughs>
Always a pleasure there to play the great, iconic Alice Cooper on Rock Strikes 10. That was It's Hot Tonight, the kickoff track from the Lace and Whiskey album from 1977. Of course, written and also performed by Mr. Dick Wagner, uh, past and hopefully future guest on Rock Strikes 10. There's some greatness right there. And continuing on with the greatness, we're, we're talking about a great album anyway in Paul's Boutique. Uh, the last official song on Paul's Boutique is this really epic uh, medley of sorts. It's almost like little pieces kind of put together, in it, and it's called B-Boy Booyah Bass, and so it's, it's a fitting title. Uh, there's so much stuff going on on this track. I don't even, I think officially it's like, you know, 13 minutes or something like that. It's just these little songs, maybe little songs they never finished, and they put them all together. And just samples galore. I'll be referencing B-Boy Booyah Bass later on in the show as well. Uh, But on uh, one of the songs called Dropping Names, uh, they use a drum fill and they loop it uh, off of a sweet record. Of course, the great Desolation Boulevard record from 1974. So here's a nice deep cut from that record with Into the Night. I 
All right, there you go. That was The Suite with Into the Night from Desolation Boulevard. And those drums sampled so wonderfully on the Paul's Boutique record here. So we're moving on to a different track from that album called High Plains Drifter. And for those of you who know me, know that this is very odd that I'm playing this band. I am not a fan at all of this next band. Uh, matter of fact, like it's basically down to two, maybe three songs tops. Uh, but I'm going to play you something here by the Eagles. Yes. So one of the very, very few songs I actually like by the Eagles, probably because of its inclusion on Paul's Boutique. But if you put a gun to my head and say pick one Eagles record, I would say The Long Run from 1979. Their cocaine-fueled, dark Los Angeles kind of record. So yeah, this is not a guilty pleasure anymore because I will admit to it. So for perhaps their only appearance ever here on Rock Strikes 10, this is the Eagles with Those Shoes.
There you go. That was the Eagles. I never thought I'd say that ever on Rock Strikes 10. But yes, the Eagles with those shoes. Some great talk box there by Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh really makes them go down a lot smoother in my opinion. Uh, But yeah, those shoes from the long run. And the first time I heard that was on Paul's Boutique. That All the drum parts there and a little bow out. All that stuff. So yeah. I, I dig the song. I still do. And, uh, the, yeah, they, of course, not even not using the hook off of the song to, to help out the uh, High Plains Drifter. They just put a bunch of other stuff over those drums and over that vocoder, and they made a whole new composition out of it. And one of the true great samples, uh, clever samples for sure, on that record is in the middle of the song where they talk about getting pulled over by the cops. They sample from Loggins and Messina's Your Mama Don't Dance, where the guy goes, Out of the car, long hair! So, I always enjoyed that. And we're moving on. Uh, One of the few singles released off of the album was a song called Shadrach, which is interesting in itself as a single because it's very biblical in its lyrical content. Uh, So, interesting choice to go with. And another guy who's also kind of uh, biblical, but in a really way-out way, Uh, was Sly Stone, of course, of Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, There's a lot of usage of the Sly Stone song Loose Booty in the song Shadrach by the Beastie Boys. Uh, Quite a bit. Probably the most overt use of a sample on the entire record because you hear this song and then you listen to Shadrach uh, right afterwards. You're like, wow, they, they actually did use a lot of stuff in there. But at the same time, Loose Booty was not a proven hit. So there wasn't any kind of calculation as far as like, oh, we're going to have a hit with this. I I don't feel that that was the case at all. So by that rationale, it's fine to use this or overtly use it. Um, You know, even the the chorus where uh, Sly says Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that's the whole chorus on the Beastie Boys song too. So like I said, the most overtly sampled song on the record is this for sure. Uh, But I never need an excuse to play Sly and the Family Stone if it's necessary. So here you go. This is Loose Booty. Mm-hmm. 
From 1974's Small Talk record, that was Sly and the Family Stone. I hope you enjoyed that there. And uh, we're, this is kind of the uh, soul and funk break here on uh, in the middle of the Rock Strikes 10 Paul's Boutique Tribute Special. We're going to continue this on with uh, really one of the greatest bands of all time. Uh, you know, even if you're just arguing chart success, having... I think it was five number ones in five consecutive decades, something that no band has ever done. It's either four or five decades, but it's something that has never been done and probably never ever will be done again because, I mean, not even the Stones had a number one song in like four or five consecutive decades. And they're the only band that has the kind of longevity that the Isley Brothers have as well. Uh, so, yeah, and a lot of the other bands that I love that are in their third or fourth decades do not have number one singles, sad but true. Uh, but the Isleys do, and uh, that's not just what makes them great. It's just that they're a great band, uh, just one of the great, great examples of all time when it comes to not just rhythm and blues, but pop music in general. The Isleys pretty much probably did it first and did it better than most bands that came after them. And uh, this is probably one of the more obvious songs I'm going to play here on this particular episode, uh, but it has such a massive part uh, from also the B-Boy Booyah Bays medley, a song called A Year in the Day. Definitely one of the more disco-inspired songs on the album. But uh, it's just fun to hear this, especially at that point on the record. You're going to recognize it when you listen to the album. It, it sticks out like a sore thumb, but it's great. It's truly one of the great guitar riffs uh, in music history. So here you go. This is the Isley Brothers with That Lady.
song that came out a year before the Sly Stone song you heard earlier in the show. That was from the 3 Plus 3 record by the Isley Brothers. And of course, that was That Lady. Uh, Hope you enjoyed that. Maybe you haven't heard that one in a little bit, so there you go. And the last of the the soul section here of the show, uh, from a a short-lived band, but really, really cool band. This is kind of one of those things I feel really could have only happened in the 70s. I'm going to play something now by the incredible Bongo Band. Uh, The song I'm going to use here was sampled on Paul's Boutique on the Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun song, and there's a lot of significance to that. Of course, just any pedestrian fan, hopefully of, you know, just even metal, uh, will know that Anthrax covered this song on the Beavis and Butthead Experience soundtrack. Great cover. Go, Go check that one out. Of course, I love me some Anthrax. Uh, and this is uh, easily the heaviest song on Paul's Boutique. So uh, uh, there's like some mountain samples on there. Uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this track. And I think even maybe some live instrumentation, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, just looking up uh, about this band, the Incredible Bongo Band that I'm going to play you here. You know, they were mostly just session musicians. And uh, one of the guys in the band, the keyboard player, was a guy named Mike Melvoin. Who all, all of his kids, Wendy and Lisa and Jonathan, all became very successful musicians in their own right. Wendy and Lisa, of course, went on to play in Prince and the Revolution and put out some records of their own. His son, Jonathan, wound up becoming the touring keyboard player, uh, which was unfortunately an ill-fated tour for him, uh, for the Smashing Pumpkins on the Melancholy Tour there. And uh, he died uh, during that leg of the tour. But uh, back to something more positive. Like I said, Mike Melvoin playing keyboards for the Incredible Bongo Band. And this is one of those things I'm kind of hearing for the first time, but i got to go pick up all these records now because, I mean, this is just way too cool. And uh, they use the, whenever the uh, flanger starts kind of going out of control there in the middle of the song, that's where the sample is uh, for Paul's Boutique. But uh, from their first album called Bongo Rock, this is Last Bongo in Belgium by the incredible Bongo Band. Enjoy.
from their debut album bongo rock that was the incredible bongo band with last bongo in belgium easily the most times i've said the word bongo in the history of rock strikes 10 hope you enjoyed that uh also going back to mike melvoin i got on a terror of looking him up while i was listening to that song uh found out like i said everybody in that band was pretty much session guys uh mike melvoin what a resume there the guy has a credit on Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, That's Life by Frank Sinatra, ABC by the Jackson 5. He was in the session for John Lennon's cover of Stand By Me, and he played on Tom Waits' Nighthawks at the Diner, one of my favorite albums of all time. That's a hell of a resume right there. I mean, yeah, so there you go. Oh, all right, we got to move on here. And, uh, you know, I played you a few obvious things uh, earlier in the show, you know, like Those Shoes and That Lady. Uh, but, you know, I, and I like those songs. Uh, you might think this might be a little obvious here. Uh, but honestly, I don't think that Classic Rock Radio has, has ever really embraced this song. I think at the end of the day, it's still too weird for pedestrian music listeners. Not so much music fans, but just listeners. I think it... Uh, makes them all crazy in the car during rush hour. So you're really never going to hear this on terrestrial radio. So And maybe that's a good thing, because maybe we don't want them to. Uh, but this is one of those songs that definitely changed the game. And uh, I played you something by one of the bands he started in before he became his own man. I'm going to play you some Jimi Hendrix here. Of course, the Jimi Hendrix experience. This song was sampled right at the very beginning of the B-Boy Booyah Bay's medley on the 59 Christie Street song, and uh, they used all the uh, backwards techniques that he used on this particular track to, uh, you know, help uh, embellish the song just that much more. Uh, but there's a lot of fun samples on the 59 Christie Street, including a great usage of My Philosophy by KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions. Uh, but I digress. Of course... How can you not love this? This is the Jimi Hendrix experience with always continuing to ask the question, are you experienced? If you can just get your mind together then come on across to me We'll hold hands and then we'll watch the sunrise From the bottom of the sea But first, are you experienced? Or have you ever been experienced? Well, I Scream and cry That your little world Won't let you go But who in your measly little world Are you trying to prove that You're made out of gold And uh, can't be sold So uh, are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? Well, I have. Uh, let me prove it to you. 
they're calling our name Maybe now you can't hear them But you will <laughs> If you just take hold of my hand Oh, but are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? Not necessarily stone, but beautiful from 1967 a watershed year for experimental music that was the Jimi hendrix experience with are you experienced from the album of the same name uh, moving on ba- back to referencing the high plains drifter song from the paul's boutique record actually the last lyric uttered on the song is straight sample uh, almost for no other reason that it just rhymes with what was said before it and this is the Ramones with Susie is a headbanger. One of the great sophomore albums of all time from a band's catalog. Easily, that was the Ramones 
with Susie as a headbanger. I'm assuming the sequel to Judy is a punk. Uh, so yeah, go get that record if you don't have it already. And I guess Ramones Ramones just got certified gold somewhere in the world, which is ridiculous. Obviously, more people have heard it than that, but maybe not. Maybe maybe they're not listening to. It. Maybe they're just buying the T-shirts, which is kind of a sad reality, especially when it comes to iconic classic punk rock. Uh, but I'm gonna get off that soapbox now. Just yeah, just get Ramones Leave Home. It's it's awesome, and and almost all their albums are great anyway. So you just go do yourself a favor. Uh, great stuff for the car. Uh, we're gonna close off the Paul's Boutique tribute show fittingly with a song called "The End." Yes, that the end, not the Doors, but the Beatles. And uh, you know, I, I just played some Beatles on the, the you know the Kiss series of episodes. I played Rain. Uh, this one, you know, you, you probably know it. You probably have Abbey Road, and, and you know this song. Uh, this was used at the end of the Sounds of Science song, which actually they wound up using that title as the name of their anthology as well. A great anthology, great 101 for the Beastie Boys. Uh, worth it just for Bismarck he and them duetting on Benny and the Jets, which you have to hear to... Uh, even grasp the concept of that but um going back to the sounds of science uh, actually i did want to just read you this whole thing uh before i play the track uh it, it's off of the wikipedia page for paul's boutique but this really just kind of nails the point home with me about why i think you should check this record out here's a paragraph here miles davis said he never got tired of listening to paul's boutique uh, later on, in a Vibe interview of all three Beastie Boys, Chuck D. of Public Enemy was quoted as saying that, quote, the dirty secret among the black hip-hop community at the time of release was that Paul's Boutique had the best beats. During that same interview, Mike D. of the Beastie Boys was asked about any possible hesitation he or the band might have had regarding the overt sampling of several minutes of well-known Beatles background tracks, including the song The End on The Sounds of Science. He claimed that the Beatles did file preliminary legal papers and that his response was, what's cooler than getting sued by the Beatles? So yeah, and going back to the, uh, the overt sampling on this song, it's a different time now for samples in the music industry. This is one of those albums that really can never be done again today, at least uh, you know, on a major label. You know, you'd have to basically just put it out for free. Uh, sort of like how Danger Mouse got his career started by making the Grey album. Uh, you just would have to do it for free to get this over ever again with the public because when they finished up the Paul's Boutique album, turned it in, and, uh, you know, of course, samples being used, and even at that point, they were, uh, you know, the, the, whoever the legal was of the label uh, calls up your ASCAPs and BMI publishing companies of the world and gave them this laundry list of songs that they were sampling from on this album. And uh, basically, on the other end, the publishing companies just said, you want to use all those? Uh, those are all kind of weird. Um, I think it was, the quote was $5,000. They cleared the entire album for five grand, reportedly. I mean, that would just never happen today. Like going uh, fast forwarding to a few years later, I remember reading, uh, you know, that song that the Offspring did. Uh, I think it's Pretty Fly for a White Guy, where they open up with the uh, Def Leppard Rock of Ages count off. I think that cost them 20 grand <laughs> just for two seconds. So, yeah, everything changed. I think it's when uh, 
that O'Sullivan guy sued Bismarck Key over uh, a loan again naturally. So uh, th- that's what I heard. That changed the whole game as far as like samples and everything. It just hasn't been the same since then. So I, that's what I love about 80s rap. It was kind of the Wild West, you know. So, all right. All that being said, we're going to play the last song here on this episode. I just just kind of having a lot of fun. I don't want it to end. But if you have to, there's nothing almost better than playing the end. So here you go. This is The Beatles. that was the end by the Beatles last song on Abbey Road uh, really the last thing they ever recorded as a group uh, fitting because that ends this week's show of Rock Strikes 10 uh, you know please if you've never heard it before please go out and purchase a copy of Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys like I said in my top 10 desert island of all time for a reason you know, and like I said, I just played you the rock tracks really off of this. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, old R&B, disco, punk, reggae. There's just a lot of stuff going on on this record, so y- you must have it. Let me know if you did go out and purchase it and what you think of it. Uh, am I? Do you think I'm way off? Uh, you know, uh, what did you hear on there without cheating and going online? You know, I mean, there there are uh, good reference sites uh, for the samples on this. There's like a complete list out there. There's also a book, uh, those 33 and a third series, the little small album books. There's one of that out there, so go get that. And there's a a 20th anniversary CD of Paul's Boutique that's remastered. It sounds great. And uh, there's a download code in there, and there's a band commentary where the band actually did sit down and listen to the album and talk about the making of it, what was going on in their minds when they made it, just stuff they did for fun back then. It's it's a really cool listen. I, I think it's still available as a free download when you purchase it. So 
if for some reason you bought the record and you can't get that download or it expired, let me know. And I'll, I'll see what I can do for you out there. You, you know what I'm saying. I mean, uh, yeah. So that's it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please go to cnjradio.com, home of this show, Rock Strikes 10, with the Twitter link, the Facebook link, like all that stuff. Send me a message, joey at cnjradio.com, also on cnjradio.com, home of the Synaptic with Randy Brown, a true alternative, the flagship, the Wrestling House Show, which will be back soon, and Last Theater on the Left with myself and Chris, our new movie show, which... Uh, Schedules permitting, we'll be back soon. We have a few episodes out there, but go check that out if you'd like. And that's going to do it. Uh, Join me on the next episode. I have no idea what it's going to be about, so we'll find out together. Till then, have fun. I'm just interested in the B-Boys.